Hi there, welcome back to this episode of Watching Friends. This one is going to be a pretty sad one. Uh, it's going to be the one about Matthew Perry. I'm Mark. I'm Ryan. Uh, and obviously no jokes for this one. And I guess we are pretty much going to uh, go through this, just uh, ad-libbing our way through it, maybe, um, just off the top of our heads. Um I think, you know, we want to talk about, about Matthew Perry. Obviously, he sadly passed away on October 28th, 2023, which is a, a couple of days ago as of the time of this recording. And, you know, we've already um, discussed, you know, previous uh, Friends actors who have sadly passed away, like uh, James Michael Tyler, who played Gumpher. And I think it's only right that we, we talk about Matthew Perry and look at some of the amazing things that he did. Um, you know, this is certainly going to be a tough time for, for Friends fans. Uh, but also it can be a celebration of who he was, what he did, and other things to check out beyond Friends. Um, same as we did for, for Gumpfer, basically. Um, I, know, I know you, Ryan, have had some concerns about us doing this, but, you know, we've done it once before, and I think it's only right that we make a, a little episode just to celebrate his life. Yeah, I initially had concerns that, I don't know, it feels kind of tacky. Um, but I suppose it's in the execution and, and not the, the actual doing of it that's the issue, I suppose. And it's as like, vaguely egotistical as this might sound, like obviously I, I guess we're a part of the Friends community like everyone else and we have a podcast and there's lots of times we've discussed or had people write in and tell us about time difficult times the show got them through or this got them through. Um so I assume it's kind of expected that we'd talk about it. I think it would feel weirder if we didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, I'd kind of forgotten we did the James Michael Tyler episode, to be honest. Um, but, I mean, that was a couple of years ago now. Yeah. Well, I think it was more, it's, it's, it's not a fun topic, is it really? Like, it's, no. Well, I guess if you look at it like if we look at it more of a, you know, a celebration than a mourning. Yes. Obviously, everyone's going to gonna experience things differently and have different levels of grief. And it's not to say that you know, as fans of the show uh, and of Matthew Perry in general, I think it's kind of clear to make sure that no one is comparing our grief to the grief of anyone who knew him personally, like friends or family. No. But obviously, celebrities, actors, performers, whoever, uh, do have a positive impact on people's lives. And the loss, while it isn't as, you know, necessarily as personally devastating, it's definitely still something that we all feel. Um well, yeah, especially as we only had his book last year, you know, it, it felt like Matthew Perry was 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 on the up again. You know, he he'd had a bit of a quiet time, and you know, all of a sudden, like the book, there was talks about the the friend reunion and stuff like that. Um, you know, it, it was an interesting time. So to to hear this is is quite devastating. Um, you know, as as of the time of this recording, all we know is that he. He drowned in a hot tub. We don't know anything more than that, and we don't need to speculate on that, really. Um, but I know also many of you have read his book, um, and I don't want to dwell on his book too much. I'm, I want to get it out of the way early. You know, the the book covers some very tough topics. I know you've not finished listening to it or reading it because you had a hard time going through it. Yeah, um, I weirdly I kind of feel like I owe it to him to finish it now, um, which is it's a shame it's kind of taken this to spur it on, but. I guess if you know if that was something he wanted to put out there, I feel like as a as a fan, as someone appreciates kind of all the kind of work and positivity he he gave to my life and helped me through difficult times, I kind of owe it to him and his legacy to finish the book and 
try to get some level of understanding of what he went through. Yeah, because there's a lot of positivity in the book, and I think we'll cover that a little bit later in the podcast um, to do with his sobriety and all the good things he did for other people. Because if you read the news, everyone mentions like his addictions and stuff like that, and obviously, you know, that's the the first thing you're going to think of in relation to this. But actually, because of his addictions and stuff, he he actually did a lot of good in the world. So we'll we'll cover that later on. Um, but yeah, Matthew Perry uh, was born in August 1969. Uh, you'll know him from you know the hit show Friends, of course, if you're listening to us. Um, you know, he was also um, nominated uh, for performance in The West Wing. Did you know he was in that? No, I did not. No. Uh, it's actually quite interesting to see him in that because obviously you think of him as this this guy who who laughs and jumps around and stuff, but obviously The West Wing is very serious. Yeah, very um, serious. You know, so he, he does that. Uh, Studio 60 on the Sun- Sunset Strip, which is a, a show I've always kind of wanted to watch, but it's one of those shows where I think it only had one season. And you're like, oh, do I really want to watch a show that's one season that clearly was destined for, for more? Um, but it's actually meant to be very good. Um, you know, the whole nine yards, which we discussed on an episode very recently. Um, and I liked him in, in a film called 17 again, which has, I think, I believe Zac Efron. It in is it. Zac Efron, yeah. Um, which is, you know, one of those ones where the, the character becomes young again, sort of thing, you know, body swapping sort of shenanigans. That's an interesting film because they promote it as Matthew Perry being like one of the main stars. He is in it for so little <laughs> that you really wouldn't think it's more than a cameo, really, because he, he's there at the start of the film and, you know, and I think right at the end. Otherwise, it's a Zac Efron film, basically. Uh, but he's, he's good in that. And, and when you see him in that, you're like, oh, you know, I want to want to see more. Um, you know, he was also like the, the co-creator of Mr. Sunshine, which he mentions in his book quite a bit. Um, you know, he's, he's done, done a lot of things, really. And he's definitely done a lot, um, like I say, to do with, with drugs and alcohol abuse and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, he's 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 had a he's had a bit of an interesting life really. And reading his book, he he kind of goes back and forth between being a young kid and works his way to like being in Friends. But he he the way he stages it is like one bit he's a kid, next bit he's talking about ten years later, and then he goes back to you know being a child again and stuff like that. Um, it's a really fascinating insight into into his life basically, and you know how basically Chanda is him really. Um, you know, the, the role wasn't written as be this character. He was that character to begin with. Yeah. And I guess, you know, he acted it out in, in the way he wanted to. Well, I mean, yeah, there's like anecdotal stories of the writers, you know, scripting an episode and then going to Matthew and being like, is this something Chandler would say? And him being like, spot on or no, we'd, we'd never say that. No. Um, and then, you know, making the show the better for it. But, you know, he, as I said, he's done a, a lot of different things all the way up to Friends. Just little little small parts, it looks like. Uh, definitely shows that, that I've never heard of. Uh, but it was in Beverly Hills 90210. Um, I guess he had a, a part on that. And then, obviously, the infamous LAX 2194, <laughs> which, you know, I would love to have seen more because the bit that you, you probably have seen somewhere is just so terrible. Um, to, to imagine, like, that could have been something that he does and then never gets into Friends would be absolutely devastating, right? Um, I didn't know that he was uh, a voice actor in Fallout New Vegas. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, a character called Benny. Um, and I'm like, oh, who knew, who knew Matthew? So I guess, you know, one positive of, of this is people are going to, you know, know more about him and maybe find more of his work. Um, in yeah. the interview he did not long ago, he said that he would like 
for friends to be very far down the list of things he's remembered for. And he'd prefer to be remembered for, you know, the kind of the good he's done and the people he's helped. Which, you know, which is very altruistic and very sweet. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, he's one of those actors where, a bit like Sir Michelle Gellar, they're, they're known for one thing, even though they have done a lot more. Uh, so there's like a film called Fools Rush In, which apparently he's quite good in as well. Um, obviously, The Whole Nine Yards, which I discussed before, which was all right. I quite enjoyed it. It wasn't, like wasn't it. the best film, but it was all right. Um, you know, he's he's been in The Simpsons, uh, did a, a quick voice role in that. Um, obviously, he's done Friends. He's been in Scrubs. Um, you know, he's done he's done a, a lot of stuff. And most of it you probably haven't heard of, sadly, um, for whatever reason. Because I think he's also one of those actors where, you know, he made his money in Friends. He didn't really need to act if he didn't want to and could pick and choose the parts that he probably found more enjoyable because he didn't need the paycheck. I think it's one of those things where a lot of his stuff was network television in the States. Yes. So if you weren't in the States, you probably didn't even have the opportunity to see it, especially given that, you know, the, the time it was on like now, if it was certainly, you know, happening nowadays, it would be on a streaming service and you'd be like, oh, I want to watch Matthew Perry's new show. I'll subscribe to Paramount Plus or whatever and then watch the show. But, you know, in the, the 2012s, he was in a series called Go On that I only discovered uh, this morning, and it sounds great. It was written and produced by a former Friends writer, um, and he plays like a sports caster who tries to move on after death of his wife and goes like mandatory focus and stands really interesting. Didn't know that existed um, because what opportunity did we ever have to see it? And no. I guess I'd never really sought it out. I'd never sat down and looked at his filmography and gone, "Oh, let's see what our else Matthew Perry's been in." But then I also haven't done that with any of the other cast. No. No, and they've they've all been in a bunch of things. Obviously, like Jennifer Aniston has been in loads of films, yeah. uh, so you're you're probably more likely to to see her. Um, but, you know, Lisa, Lisa Kudrow has been in some amazing stuff that you probably have never seen. Um, and it's one of those things where if it's not popular, it's not popular, but it could still be good. Yeah, and well, I mean, David Shrum is in Band of Brothers, yeah, which is a phenomenal World War Two. And, and I cannot imagine Ross <laughs> being in Band of Brothers. Yeah, and you hate him in the show when you're watching it. You're just like, even though you, my brain is seeing Ross, yeah, and I'm like, stop being a pussy in the war, Ross. <laughs> I'm just mad at Ross about it. Um, but he's great in that, and I'll be like, as much as you, yeah, I joke about it, saying you know, get in the war, Ross. You you don't think Ross? You just think that you get absorbed in the character. But then David Trim has done a lot of theatre work that obviously we've not seen. Well, he's been a director as well, right? Yeah. And I guess that kind of brings us on to the other parts of uh, Matthew Perry's life. So um, at 14 in his book, like he states that he was an alcoholic then, like he, he would go to bars and cafes and that's where he would like meet women and stuff like that, which is a, a really interesting thing to hear Chandler basically say, because you're like, no, nah, Chandler, you, women weren't interested in you. You're the funny one, right? But that's who he was. And obviously that was appealing to people, right? Um he he had quite a damaged life, it sounds like, because of how his parents like were were separated, and you know how he would be be sent around the place, um, around the country, obviously from from Canada down into to America and stuff. Um, and it was in '97 that he had a, a jet ski accident, and that's where he basically um, was it became addicted to Vicodin, um, which is one of those terrible drugs. Which you know at the time they basically just gave you to to solve things there's a, a a really interesting documentary on netflix right now um i forget the name of it but it, it basically covers um oxycotin which is another uh pain relief drug where they sell it to you as this wonderful drug it will reduce your pain the problem is is that as your body gets used to it you need more and more and more of it um until basically you overdose on it um you know and in matthew perry's book he 
You know, he states that he was taking as many as 55 Vicodin pills per day. Like, how do you take 55 tablets a day? Like, that, that's a, an awful lot. It is. Um, you know, he also suffered from, from alcohol abuse. Um, and there's, there's a, a story I'm going to read later um, that, that's not, not been fact-checked, but sounds real, um, about someone who, who worked with him on his play um, that, that he, he wrote and performed in. The End of Long In, which he uh, performed in the West End in the UK in 2016 and then was off-Broadway. Um, the reviews were, were far kinder for that show um, in the UK than they were in America. I went to go and see it. Uh, I wouldn't say I got to meet Matthew Perry. I got to stand outside and he signed some stuff for us. Nice. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I'll tell that story. So, so The End of Long In, um, it's a show I'd like to see. Like, I wish it was on TV or something. Um, it's a bit of a weird uh, stage show because it was very much sort of almost autobiographical uh, in a way. Like, even though he was playing different characters, a character that, that meets a prostitute who suffers from abuse and he basically convinces her to quit her job to be with him but kind of doesn't resolve his issues. Um, it was just really interesting to, to watch it. It's probably not, not a must-see. I don't even know how you'd even see it now. I wish there was like a tape out there. Um, but it, it was it was it was fun to watch at the time and to to you know see a friends actor live on stage right, and afterwards we went to the the back door where he was going to leave and there was already a bunch of people there and some barriers up and there was a car there waiting, and as he comes out he says hi everyone um, no pictures please, and he didn't say anything else and in my mind I was like yep he's just done a three hour long play he's probably exhausted he wants to go home yep. doesn't want to interact doesn't look his best etc right. Um, I know some other people are quite disappointed because they're like, "Oh, I want to meet you. I want to chat to you and stuff." And that that's fair too. Uh, that's this stuff I find kind of find kind of weird though. Like this kind of like weird parasocial yes. entitlement where if I was to do my shift at work and then leave through the back door and have all the customers I'd seen that day lined up expecting something from me, extra from me, I'd be a bit like, oh, "I just I've done what you paid for. Like, yeah. leave me alone." Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you know you got to remember that this is a job for people, and he was doing a job. He doesn't owe anyone anything. Uh, but, you know, he he signed everything that everyone put in front of him, which was nice. Uh, so, you know, got a signed um, booklet from, from the show. Um, but, yeah, that, that's like kind of like the most I ever interacted with him, which is, I guess, more fortunate than most. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so so he did the stage show. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to read out this this post. So obviously I don't know who wrote this, but I, I found it interesting as a bit of backstory and thought it would be um, interesting to share because it, it gives a bit more light of who Matthew Perry was, perhaps. Um, obviously take whatever's written here with a grain of salt uh, because I don't know who wrote it, but it, it sounds fairly believable. The person writes, The show that caused my career to take off the way it did was a show I did with Matthew. This was maybe eight, nine years ago. It was a play he wrote and starred in that had premiered in the Western and then moved off-Broadway. In my 15-year career as a stage man manager for theatre, this was probably the worst play I'd ever worked on. It was too detrite, an awful piece, that was clearly something he thought was autobiographical. It was a play about an alcoholic who fell in love with a high-end escort. The entire premise of the show was to equate alcoholism, a tragic disease that Matthew suffered from, with being a sex worker who had a thriving career, social life and love life. He wrote the thing like an episode of Friends, and the play ended with the escort agreeing to give up her lucrative career for his character, but never addressed... Uh, whether his character gave up being a functioning alcoholic. 
No matter how often the cast and creative team had sit-down conversations about how the play was problematic, he refused to listen. Now, before I carry on, I'm going to say, I thought the play was all right. Um, so, you know, everyone's going to have different opinions. I know the reviews weren't the most kind about it, but I thought it was enjoyable enough. So, back to the post. He was a very charming guy. I felt for him and tried to make his life on the show as comfortable and easy as possible. I took extra pains explaining to my team and the props folk the urgency of absolutely scrubbing all the prop beer bottles out entirely, and then even the smell can trigger an alcoholic. One time in rehearsal, I handed him a freshly wrapped um, prop beer bottle, and he asked me, is this clean? If it even smells like booze, you won't see me for a week, and when you do, it will be because I set this studio on fire. At the time, I was a smoker, and so was he. Because of his star power, the rehearsal studio agreed to let him smoke in one of the stairwells, knowing he couldn't just go out and smoke on... Uh, on the New York City streets in the middle of Times Square. He insisted I should be allowed to smoke with him too. I think he wanted company. One time during the matinee performance, he went outside to smoke in the alley. The alley had two doors, one the stage door at the end of the alley, the other just before that, a door leading to the very front of house. After his smoke, he confidently threw open the house door during the only dramatic scene in the show. I made a sign that said, no Matthew, and slapped it on that door after that. He worked really hard to get back into my good graces and was overly friendly to me for the rest of the week. Me, an absolute no one, I could tell it was the one of the few times someone had called him out and shut him down, you know. So I think that's just like an interesting little backstory. Obviously, take all that with a, a huge pinch of salt because um, we don't know actually what went on there. But I, I think it shows that as a as a person, you know, he wasn't this superstar who wanted you know people to treat him differently. I think he even in his book is the same. Like if you actually met him, he sounded like a really kind person to you. Yeah, I mean, part of that post reads like it's someone just trying to piss on someone's conflicts for the sake of it. It's 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 um, very much an internet post, right? Where they're gonna make themselves out to to be the better person, right? It's just a bit tacky and needless. Like you don't need to go into all the things no. and else. If you have a professional relationship with someone, leave it at work. Like you don't need to divulge any of that information in general. But but what I found interesting was it was the whole the beer bottle stuff. Because uh, you don't think about that. And he mentions this in his book a lot of, you know, how it could set him off and how he would go on binges and stuff like that. Um, but my, my point of reading it out is that, you know, he was happy to hang around with the average Joe, you know. And he goes on about this in his book of how he set up multiple sobriety houses. He would go to AA meetings. Um, Hank Azaria mentions that he met him when he was 21 and Matthew Perry was 16 and they became friends when they did a, a show together. And actually it was Matthew who helped him go to AA and was like his sponsor. And again, in his book, he's like, you know, I sponsored random, random other guys who were suffering with like drug and alcohol addiction. And, you know, they would come and stay at my house and we would look after each other sort of thing. And, you know, I would go to them and I would go to talks and meetings and stuff. And, you know, Matthew Perry was even on, I believe, the, the BBC to discuss, like, you know, alcohol abuse in the UK and things he'd done. And, you know, even the one of the people there was like, well, you know, you're an alcoholic and stuff like that and was like degrading him. And he's like, well, yes, I am, but I've worked to fix myself. And jail time for people like me isn't the answer. Like, people like me need help. And that's what I'm doing. And, you know, he he did an awful lot to to help loads of people out there. Which is amazing to me that there's this famous actor who's busy off doing films and TV shows and other things, but actually he's in you know these medical centres or he's in in these houses like helping you know other people who are suffering like he is, and and to him they're nobodies. Yeah, no one knows their name, 
but we know his name. Um, and I, I think that's really admirable that he, he did that because most other celebrities don't. No. They, they hoard their wealth and, you know, live, live their fantastic little lives, you know, buying 20 cars or whatever. And there he was, you know, with normal people helping them. Well, he could have gone to rehab clinics and, you know, recovered for as well as he could for whatever time period and then left it there and, and just repeated that process. But the fact that he took, you know, time at his own expense to, to help other people. Yeah, um, I guess goes a long way to show kind of who he is. And I think one positive to come out of this is addiction is a very touchy subject for people. But one thing I've noticed, at least in kind of like my personal social spheres, is that when a celebrity dies from a drug problem like Amy Winehouse, oh, it's a tragic waste of talent. Oh, my God, how awful yeah. is, you know, this addiction is a disease. And then obviously Matthew Perry it doesn't look like any of that really had anything to do with his death, but we know he experienced those troubles throughout his life and he was very open about it, which I think is admirable as well because it's not the kind of things that people tend, especially society, then tend to react well to. to. Well, especially as a celebrity as well, you want to be squeaky clean, don't you? Yeah. Um, as the time of the recording, uh, Britney Spears' new book has come out and she talks about having an abortion um, with um, oh, Timberlake's baby, right? And at the time, you know, no one could ever know she had to be this perfect pop princess who didn't have boyfriends or a life or anything, just this fantasy. Yeah. And, you know, a lot a lot of celebrities have to, to be like that. Like you see the pictures where they're out on the street and you're like, oh, look how gross they look sort of thing because they've just been candid caught. Cool. Well, it's like, when you look, said that's how people look. After the show he came out, I said no pictures. Like with a lot of the kind of insecurity he mentions in his book and we knew we had in general. You know, it wouldn't take a lot for you take, especially nowadays, you take a photo of Matthew Perry as he blinks and yawns as he leaves a theatre show. That hits online. TMZ pick it up. That's all over. And then next week, yeah. you know, he's sat at home feeling terrible about himself because of a random photo, candid photo someone took after a job. Yeah. Um, but I do think that hopefully the positive impact of this is that people in general and society look at addiction differently because I've noticed that it's very easy to be like, oh, how tragic, what a waste, it's a disease when it's a celebrity you admire and someone you'd like and it's like oh aren't you know but when it's the bloke down the road or your friend's cousin or your person at work they view addiction very differently yeah it's oh what a waste of space they need to sort their life out get their life together and it's like well the the disease is no different no matter who's got it just because amy wine has had it and you liked her songs or we admired matthew perry for his you know comedic brilliance doesn't mean that the person that on the bus two rows down or the homeless person that you see when you go to tesco every day doesn't it's no different they're, no. they're having the same problem and they need the help and criminalization and like he said sending these people to prison doesn't do anything you just all you're doing is pausing the problem and then waiting for them to be released and start it again um well because he's been dealing with this for over 20 years yep. which i think is is quite successful yeah you know if he's been dealing with it and yes he's had relapses and difficult moments but you know, for over 20 years he he managed to deal with it uh, and even like during the, the COVID-19 pandemic, um, he launched uh, an apparel line inspired by friends uh, with proceeds going to the World Health, World Health Organization's COVID-19 relief fund. Yeah. And I remember those pictures. It was him and his fiance at the time, um, you know, like it, it just have t-shirts saying like, you know, could I be any smarter or whatever on there or more attractive and stuff. And, you know, they, they were fun little photos he was putting up in it. At the time, I guess it felt a little bit, oh, you know, he's like kind of selling out a little bit. But actually, I think he was just having a great time. And, you know, the, the proceeds went to a good good place. It didn't go to him. He didn't need money from a T-shirt. No. Uh, he, he put them into to a good place. 
I mean, I didn't realise until I went through Wikipedia, I'll be honest, and it says that in July 2011, uh, he lobbied US Congress. Yeah. And it's like, I had like, you know, you, you think of Matthew Perry, guy was funny in movies, had addiction problems, but the fact that he talked, spoke to Congress about addiction and, you know, different organisations and how they should treat addiction and deal with it in America specifically, is he didn't have to, like you said, I guess we kind of overselling the point a little but he took the time to try and help people like himself yeah which is something he didn't need to do no no one would have judged him for not doing it either i think that's the key thing like people would have been perfectly fine with him surviving his own struggles and doing what he needed to do every day to make sure he was happy and you wouldn't have for a moment criticized them for not helping other people no but the fact that he went for all that and still did it is really admirable and when he expressed the desire that friends would be kind of far down the list of things you remembered for i think that's probably not a realistic hope to be honest i think you're going to say matthew perry and you're always going to think chandler but i think in terms of the impact he's had on people's lives all the philanthropy stuff and the setting up the kind of halfway house and the different support he had is actually the lasting impact because there are going to be people who have very personal stories about matthew perry helped my uncle, yeah. which then meant that he could be here at this. And there's going to be people whose the impact globally is very different to an individual. But even if he helped one person, that person's entire social circle and family are going to be forever grateful to Matthew Perry. And that's when I start to get emotional about it because he took the time to do that for someone. And while I'll, you know, while I'm sad that Matthew Perry is gone naturally, and as are many, many, many Friends fans, we'll always have the show to comfort us. And when we're having a yeah. bad day, we can go back and watch an episode, and you know. The essence of the chair may be gone, but the essence of Matthew Perry isn't. He's still very much here. And for the people he directly helped, that's never going to go away. There are going to be no. people having dinner tonight with loved ones or going on holidays or planning things with people that wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Matthew Perry. So while we'll always have friends, it's the people he directly helped that, you know. Well, yeah, if you think of like the Friends reunion, there's so many people there who are like, oh, I learned English because of the show, or this kept me going through a tough time, or... There's loads of people online that I saw saying Chandler, you know, in gave me my personality. Or they'd be like, Oh, my my brother is basically Joey and Chandler's personality combined. Like it's gonna be difficult to to see them. So many people were like, you know, relate to Chandler. And you know, we've both said like Chandler is very relatable for both of us. We yeah. we see ourselves in the character an awful lot. Yeah, like growing up, like my brain was like, I wanna be Joey. And then mm -hmm. I knew deep down you're Chandler. Yeah, <laughs> like it was. <laughs> At least you're not a Ross. Yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah. Obviously, we've joked a lot on this podcast about my life having similarities with Rosses, but growing up, I I never felt like a Ross. I felt like a weird mix of Chandler and Gunther. If I'm being totally honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so you know, he's also been uh, nominated and won a lot of awards. So you know, he was nominated for Best Actor in the Ron Clark story. Um, for Outstanding Guest Actor in the West Wing. Um, he's won uh, Outstanding Performance by an Ensemble Cast for Friends. Uh, best Global Actor in Television Series for the show Go On, which you mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, nominated for Best Actor in Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Uh, got the Editor's Choice Award for Friends. You know, like, he's done some, like, really amazing stuff, right? Um and yeah, you, you should check it out. It's, it is kind of just a shame. It seems to be Friends was like the big role for him. He's done a few films which are definitely worth watching. So, you know, you've got the whole nine yards. Um, 
you know, falls rushing, as I mentioned earlier, 17 again. But then all the others, like, you know, most of them are just like either bit parts or a smaller amount of episodes. But, you know, he has, he's also had a couple of series, which I've just mentioned, that are really worth watching. When you were reading about the the quote from the person who was stage director when he did his play, mm. and, you know, like, oh, who could have thought it was just an amazing piece? And it's like, well, yeah, stop being pretentious. You're doing your job. He wrote the play. It's his play. Do as you're told. <laughs> like, yeah, but also you are proud of the things that you make, right? And sometimes you you can't see that it's maybe not as good to other people who don't understand like the complexities that you you're putting down to paper. Um, but yeah, if everyone's uh, going to be a critic, right? Yeah. Well, I just thought to me, it's just just because Friends was the most popular thing he was in doesn't necessarily mean it was the most successful thing he felt like there could have been other media where he was like you know he got in from work that day and was like oh my god i smashed it today and oh he did he 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 definitely writes that in his book um so the 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 other show that he was was a part of um that he he was like the the writer on and, and stuff like that he he's really proud of that and he talks about like the difficulties of of getting it going and trying to deal with the network and you know all that sort of stuff as well as his personal life like trying to be there for the show and i think he's he's more proud of that than friends because you know that's his little creation you know yeah. um rather than you know being part of a a machine creating something yeah, I mean, it's, it's an intense time, to be fair. Obviously, we both just had a, a pause. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's difficult to, to phrase into words a lot of the time. Um, but it is going to impact people and people are going to feel feel a sense of grief. I mean, yeah, it may be a parasocial kind of relationship, but it doesn't feel any less distressing because of that. Like Matthew Perry didn't know who I was. No. But he had an impact on my life. Um for the positive, um, definitely for the better. Yeah, and as you said earlier, you know, you can watch all 200 plus episodes of the show and have great time. And, you know, for, for me, I, I often separate the character out from the actor. Yeah. You know, I'm just watching this person on TV. Uh, same with, like, Frasier, uh, Martin, Frasier's dad in there. Yep. Um, you know, he, he's been gone for a while now, but, like, he's part of that show and it's amazing. And I think in, in the new version of Frasier, like he's definitely missed as a character. Um, but you know, when I'm watching it, I'm not, I'm not really thinking about the actor. I'm just enjoying the experience that that's been provided to me. And I think with friends, you know, there will always be a tinge of, Oh yeah. Matthew Perry is not with us anymore, but I'm still watching him and enjoying every, every moment. Like I don't, I don't think of Gumpher not being there. Gumpher's there. He's on, it's on TV. He's on the DVD. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I think the way to deal with this is just to enjoy the content he put out there. Um, definitely go and get the book. Um, it is a tough read, um, probably more so now, but you know, there's, there's a lot of good insight into his life, who he was, who he wanted to be. And as I said earlier, like the, the celebrity mentality, you think of these celebrities and they're just like rich people who do, do whatever they want. But no, they're people at the end of the day. And you now he talks about his fights with just being alone. Like he talks about being in a, a million pound mansion, but he's alone. Just staring at the window, just wishing he had some company at like 11 o'clock at night, which is just extremely heartbreaking. But it shows you the, the real person um behind the the tv show right 
Yeah. Because he, he even talked about in an interview in 2016 about how he doesn't remember three years of Friends or he can't watch it because he's like, oh, you know, season two, I was drunk. Season three, drugs. Season four, this sort of thing. And he says, like, it makes him sad. But then he goes on to say, you know, maybe I should go and watch it and remember all the good times that were there. Yeah, I'm sure if you was to watch it, you know, memories would pop back up and the way memory tends to work. Um, but yeah, but I guess for the most of the world, you know, Matthew Perry may be gone, but if we're going to give in that we're friends podcast, Chandler isn't. Chandler's always no. going to be there, like you said, and you can always, when when you're having a bad day and, you know, you you want to have a laugh about, you know, it's, <laughs> you can you can still go and do that. And it's it's, you know, there's there's the actual kind of I guess meaningful legacy that he had on people's lives and all the work for addiction he did, and then there's the kind of slightly more lighthearted help that he gave people through his work, and that's always going to be there. So while it's a tragic loss and it saddens everybody, on the bright side, you can still revisit the joy he brought to people whenever you feel like it, and there's something quite sweet about that. Yeah, definitely. Because there, there's a lot of content out there. Like you say, he was in front of Congress. There's all sorts of interviews. Um, there's one that, that, that you should actually watch. It's with uh, Graham Norton, the Graham Norton Show. Um, I, can't believe, I can't remember what he was on there for, but he was one of the guests on there. And, you know, it's an interesting and, you know, funny episode where, you know, he's, he's been interviewed by Graham Norton with these other celebrities and bouncing off them. So, like, you get to see the, the real person, I guess in those moments yeah um so there's, there's all sorts of content you probably haven't experienced or seen um that feature him that are, are really worth watching um same way you know the the kennedys uh he was in that the decline and fall um that's actually meant to be a really good watch if you're interested in that family yeah i mean i do think a lot of his work was very u.s centric um, yes. which is kind of natural given the time period he was working in um, but again, there's no reason we can't enjoy that around the world because Friends is sitting in New York City apartment building for the yeah. most part and a coffee shop and we still enjoy that. Um, yeah, I guess it's just, you know, take time to, to process what's going on. I mean, the cast released a statement. Um, doesn't really say whose words it is. It just says that it's, you know, the Coastal City issued a joint statement uh, that says we're also utterly devastated by the loss of Matthew. We were more than just castmates. We are a family. There is so much to say, but right now we're going to take a moment to grieve and process this unfathomable loss in time we'll say more as and when we were able for now our thoughts and our love with matt's family uh, his friends and everyone who loves him around the world um and i think that's the thing that always strikes kind of i guess to the heart of me with a lot of this kind of stuff and is why i had the, the initial hesitance to do the episode was he's matthew perry to us but he's matty to other people yeah um and yeah it's just it is it is a loss and, you know, everyone's entitled to feel how they feel about it. But at the same time, celebrate that the good times that, you know, he brought you. But at the same time, respectfully realize that this grief, as intense as it may feel for you, is going to be a lot more intense for other people. Yeah. And I think that's a, a nice way to bring this episode to a close. Yeah. Um, you know, thank you, Matthew Perry, for all the, the joy you brought us throughout the years. And, you know, many more years to come. Yeah, could it, we be any more grateful? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, not going to stop watching the DVDs on Netflix. Like, it's just always going to be part of our lives, right? Yeah, um, I mean, Matthew Perry is one-sixth of the reason this podcast exists. Yeah. You know, like, and we have a great time doing this. Um, and, you know, to get emotional, it certainly brought you and I closer as friends in the time we've been doing this. Yeah. And Matthew Perry is partly responsible for that. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be related to his work or his addiction for it to have had a positive impact on the world. 
No, and we we actually mentioned on uh, we we did on our Patreon episode recently about Joey. Uh, we we mentioned Bob Saget on there because mm-hmm. uh, he was in a show called Full House, which is not a show that either of us are familiar with. But no one's watching Full House now. No, like after that finished airing, that was done. But but somehow Friends over you know it's nearly thirty years now yeah. um, is still one of the most popular TV shows. You know, it, it comes from a time really kind of before cell phones, before the internet, uh, you know, before social media. And yet somehow it is still one of the top shows that's still perfectly relatable, is timeless. Yep. And, you know, in another 30 years time, are people still going to be watching it? I think they, they will be, which is so weird to think because most, most content uh, disappears after a couple of years, never really thought about apart from like the, the most hardcore fans. But there's new fans who have been like, yeah, I love Friends. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, I guess, I mean, obviously my favourite TV show of all time is Buffy and, you know, Friends would be up there on that list. But I'm sure when I'm sat there some evenings and I'm really, you know what, I want to watch some Friends and I put it on, when I have kids, I'm sure they'll be like, Dad, what are you watching? And yeah. I'll be like, oh, this, that's Chandler and Joey and uh, you yeah. know, just, just trying to write the episode. It's like, I've got a chicken and a duck, why? No, oh, they've got a chicken and a duck. Yeah. And then they will just get into it. Like Matt LeBlanc says that he really enjoys watching the show of his kids. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's going to be a thing for thousands of people around the world. Definitely. Well, I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, it's, you know, this is a tough one, but I'm going to always enjoy watching Friends. We're going to be back with another episode in the next week or two. Um, and we're just going to enjoy it even more, I think. Yeah. I mean, we're just... Obviously, every, I guess, Chandler moment now will be tinged with a small hint of sadness, um, you know, as you reflect on the fact that he's not here. But it will overwhelmingly be a celebration of the, the joy the show has brought us and we will continue to do so. Yeah, I think we're both going to keep laughing at the antics that he's provided us. Definitely. I mean... I mean, obviously, you know, people know where we are in the regular run of the series now, and there are so many brilliant Chandler moments to come. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be good. Well, that's uh, goodbye from me. Goodbye from me.